and thank you for tuning in to the Wellbeing Economy Cymru podcast. This is our first experimentation with hosting an informal podcast uh, for the wellbeing economy movement across Wales. Uh, I'm Dawn Lyle. I'm one of the volunteer organisers at We Cymru and together with my colleagues on our steering group, really passionate about raising the profile and the understanding of wellbeing economics across Wales. like to do today is have a conversation um, about housing in a well-being economy. We've got an upcoming open forum, a discussion event on Thursday the 11th of May and in advance of that meeting um, we'd like to explore some of the talking points in relation to the topic of housing. What would housing look like in a well-being economy and how can we across Wales, work together to move towards a housing system that better meets the needs of current and future generations, um, makes housing affordable and accessible to everybody. We sort of think that everyone should have the right to um, high, reasonable quality, affordable housing. Um, but obviously there's a housing emergency, a housing crisis. And I think Shelter Cymru has said that one in four people across Wales are struggling uh, due to the housing emergency. Uh, so we'd like to unpack all of this. Sean is my colleague uh, who helps to keep us organised here at Wellbeing Economy Cymru. Sean, you've been putting some thought into a housing forum. What do you think are some of the key talking points and issues that might come out in our forum on the 11th of May? For me, I think the issue is around making sure that housing is where people need it to be, is something that delivers for them what they need. I'm also involved in the private rented sector as well as being a property developer. So for me, it's about making sure that we consider who is going to um, use our housing. And I am very concerned about the number of people pulling out of the private rented sector and what that's going to do to uh, the price, the reasonable price for people and the fact that they're not going to find places. I think there's issues around not only urban, but rural locations. And there's issues around locations where affordable housing is put, um, especially in terms of uh, proximity to services. So I think my big issue is around the private rented sector to understand a little bit better how we could improve things for those landlords, many of whom only have one or two units, how we could make it better for them and make it... Um, a more, I suppose, a better experience for their tenants as well. Yeah, interesting to start with the perspective of private sector landlords and rental accommodation. I think the Welsh Government are doing quite a lot to improve the quality and I guess maybe regulate the sector. And I wonder what impact that is having on uh, private sector landlords and therefore, as you say, the availability of of accommodation. We have big housing associations, uh, registered social landlords across Wales that have a big stake in our housing system. Um, but as you say, the private sector is a key player as well. And what are the issues there? Um, Stephen, what are your thoughts? What do you think are some of the, the talking points around housing for a well-being economy? Yeah, I mean, um, building on 
and what Sean's been talking about, thinking about the private sector, the, the, the thing that's always in my head when we're trying to look at what the future of a well-being economy is, is, is the word economy. And there's a, couple, then there's, a, a, there's a couple of lenses to look at this through as well. There's one is that what are the problems we've got to deal with? But the other is what are the opportunities we can move towards? What is a, you know, we challenge ourselves, what does a what does well-being economy housing look like? But that that should be in a perspective of how can it be a great place to be? And I and I wonder whether, you know, as part of our kind of GDP obsession that we've moved ourselves into now, we've 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 flipped the idea of housing into a financial asset as opposed to a place to live. And not to remove the the private sector and you know the financial services industry from the mix, but perhaps perhaps the future is a one where it's it's a less of a foundation and and surely that would provide better access to more people to to uh, to more affordable housing so my, my thought is how does an economy work where we're not fundamentally dependent upon those who own a house to have it as a financial asset and then if that changes what else changes as a consequence and how does how does the economy kind of shift around a little bit as a result of that yeah i suppose speculation around property and people buying property as an investment has definitely created huge problems, hasn't it? Second home ownership. I think so, yeah. People like holding property in land banks. Um, so in a well-being economy, housing would be would serve the purpose of giving people accommodation rather than as a sort of financial instrument. Um, yeah, I think first first and foremost, housing is housing. And then if there are, you know, it's it, you know, like other assets that you invest in as a person, or you commit to through a long-term tenancy agreement, that you know, there's a consequence of that. Uh, that's fine, but um, I think in a well-being economy, it, it wouldn't feel like the thing you have to do to get on the housing ladder. I think that concept would move, would, would move away from. Yeah, and um, yeah, hard not to crack that one about sort of land ownership and property. Margot, I'd love to hear from you. What do you think are some of the key issues and talking points? Um, this is a, an area that I don't have any personal expertise in, but um, looking at some of the data, uh, it isn't just housing, it's the land on which the housing uh, exists. And one of the most staggering to me uh, pieces of statistics from the ONS is that land value represents 60% of the UK wealth, but 70% of the land is only owned by 1% of the population. So the cost, or the, uh, as Stephen says, you know, the, the people who are using that land as a financial asset are pretty key players in the total cost of housing. I mean, in, in that way, yeah, land ownership is just a huge driver of inequality, isn't it? Just that entrenched, entrenched inequality. Um, I'd love to hear sort of alternative models, um, and perhaps some of that will come through in our forum, hear sort of alternative models um, and perhaps some of that will come through in our forum. One of the issues I think though when you look at it in that ONS way is that you don't take into account vast estates you know 
bits of Scotland, which may make up that larger land ownership, doesn't necessarily mean that those people actually have housing on, on their land. I mean, as you say, Margot, is a really key way of, of, ha- of opening the discussion. But I th- sometimes think that uh, if we were to go down that route, we might find that we come to a rather disappointing end. Uh, whereas, you know, we are a group of optimists here. We want to work on what is realistic, what we can do, what we can encourage people to do, and how we can encourage people to do them and to take strength and comfort from the fact and confidence that all is possible. The confidence from the comfort that all is possible. Yeah, and, you know, that's one of our missions, isn't it, at Wellbeing Economy Cymru, is to demonstrate actually that lots of things are already happening here in Wales. There are really great examples of the future that we want to see, maybe not at the right scale that we need them to happen, but there are those chinks of light. There are kind of pockets of good practice happening. And um, one of the things we really appreciate about our monthly forums is bringing people together to tell us what they're up to and shine a light on those sort of good practice. One of the things that's happening across Wales, and I know it's got its challenges and um is by no means everyone accepting that it's a great idea, but it's the idea of one planet developments as a way forward for building um, environmentally sustainable homes on perhaps on land in rural areas where there isn't a huge amount of housing. Clive, I'd really like to bring you in here as one of our um, volunteer organisers at We Cymru. You're actually living on a one planet development or doing a one planet development i'm not sure what the terminology is do you think that points um points in the direction of well-being economy housing yeah i mean it's certainly one stream um I, and that for me i mean just listening to everything that we've um, been talking about I, I totally agree that um disruption um or um sort of emergence of new ideas um with regard to how um the economy works how um uh, ownership, for example, whether we have concepts of speculation and, and those realities, they're vital, of course. But w- the well-being economy isn't just um, about the future, uh, as we keep saying. It's about the present. Um, we are living in a well-being economy now. Um, it, it's, a, it's a nascent form, um, but we're emerging into something uh, uh, that, that is a reality. So what are the innovations? What are the, um, the, the ideas that exist in the here and now? that can only multiply um, going forward. Um, And things like passive housing, um, it it exists now. I mean, it's a concept that uh, there's uh, there's an off-grid passive house that's part of the uh, One Planet Development, um, uh, part of the One Planet Development Scheme. That's the very first one in the UK um, that that, that exists. Um, And yet it's it's an exemplar, it's it's a, it's a, it's a model that can be used, not just within One Planet Development, and that's one of the key things about um, things like OPD. Um, it's an example for what could be um, used elsewhere uh, in the mainstream uh, uh, to be taken forward. Controversial, though, isn't it? I've, I've seen in, in Pembrokeshire's um, council papers, there's some ongoing challenge around whether uh, councillors are supportive of one planet developments and farmers saying you know it's not fair why can't I build a house on my land for the next generation of, of 
farmers, and whereas you can build a one planet development, you kind of think, well, perhaps the next generation of farmers could build one planet developments, you know, zero carbon house. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yes, both Pembrokeshire, and I'm aware that both in Pembrokeshire and Kamath and uh, different councillors have uh, looked for moratorium um, on one planet development. Uh, but that, that's exactly it. If if the concept could be embraced as something that uh, actually exists for Wales, for Welsh people, um, it isn't a, a concept of, um, you know, kind of shoehorning or allowing um, immigrants, for example, to, to come into um, to come into the area and sneak into um, to land that um, uh, uh, the people here have been failing to, uh, to to develop on. This is actually um, it is Welsh policy. It belongs to Wales, and it is something that all Welsh um, uh, uh, communities and farmers and uh, potential developers, all people. Um, can embrace and use in their own way that it's not tied to a certain way of doing things. There are so many different ways that um, a one planet development could um, could be put together, how a management plan could be developed. Um, and uh, and the, uh, the world's your oyster uh, from that point of view. And it really does give people the opportunity to, um, to, 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 to meet so many different targets and so many different priorities um, as a way of going forward. Um, they, they just need to be able to see it. The rural rural housing is a huge issue, isn't it? And Margot, you and I are involved in various conversations about food, and food has been an issue we've been talking about in Wellbeing Economy Cymru as well. And one of the challenges for growing more food and promoting more farming um, in Wales is the availability of housing in rural areas. I was particularly noticing when Clive was speaking that he seemed to be talking more about stewardship of land than ownership. And I think maybe that idea is one that we could build on, you know, to to be more uh, positive about what the opportunities are. And um, we know that there's a, a project in the, um, in the Our Food 1200, uh, you know, where they're looking for another way of providing affordable housing for land workers. Uh, you know, there's a new agriculture bill in, this, in the Senate. Uh, you would hope that they would be looking at, you know, the percentage of older farmers maybe not able to passing their property on to uh, their younger family members, but finding a way of getting that stewardship of the land, uh, especially to do it, to use the land for, for um, horticulture uh, into wider hands somehow. So maybe some of that will come through in our forums. Stephen, what other talking points are you keen for us to explore? Well, there's a couple of things that have just um, triggered in my head listening um, uh, to Clive and Margot. Is I, I I love that idea of stewardship and it would and 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 but not associating it just with horticultural agriculture. Just think about the idea of stewardship of the land of Wales, whether you're in the middle of a city or whether you're in a um, an urban regeneration area or uh, um, you know a post-industrial community. And I think this this speaks to one of the things that we always try and do 
when we bring these forums together, which is to invite people on a journey starting from where they are, not asking them to make a big leap to a place in the future. So we have to bring we have to bring investors with us. We have to bring the finance industry with us. We have to bring developers with us. But then we also have to bring the sustainability um, community with us. And um, I think that is a you know that might be a really nice idea to drop into the discussion in the forum. They said, "What does stewardship mean for for all of you around the room? Do you feel an obligation to stewardship? Do you feel excited by the idea of stewardship?" I think that that might be a an interesting way of um, kind of presenting our we start from here yeah great Marcus what are your thoughts Marcus you're you're part of XR you know you're a, a, a climate activist I don't know whether you've just come back from the big one but what do you think are the kind of key talking points around housing yeah well um looking at this issue from a sustainability and environmental perspective I would like to think that our forum will tease out uh, quite a lot about retrofitting. Uh, Wales has got one of the worst housing stocks in Europe. And as Stephen was saying, we need to start from where people are, not where they would like to be. And I think retrofitting, particularly imaginative retrofitting, private sector, local authority, uh, schemes across country, starting to spring up. And I think it would be great if we could get to hear from some of them as to how they've been able to approach that, how they've been able to make it affordable, uh, how it can be done stage by stage. You don't have to have a huge investment and so forth. It's frightening uh, if you travel around the country seeing just how many people still have drafty, single-paned uh, windows and doors. I mean, he just... So I'm hoping that retrofitting will, will be a, a big part of the forum. But that brings us back to the private sector and, and the challenge for private sector homeowners and landlords, Sean, doesn't it? It does, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a barrier. <clears throat> I think it's, it's all about being able to do it in a way that, that works for people. I know that uh, we've got, we're lucky that one of the RSLs is going to come in and they're going to talk about how they've been working with Modular Build to improve environmental quality on some of their buildings, which are in quite an exposed location. And I think as soon as you start to see people doing it, then I think that is, that is the key to everything, that you start to see what is possible and how it can be done. And, and people realising that we have no choice but to act in a responsible manner. <clears throat> you know, the reason I'm focused on private rented sector is because I perceive that there's more units in private rented sector than there are in residential social landlords. And for me, it's a really big bite. It's a really big bite of the cherry to see how we could move that forward. And that, that will be interesting. Absolutely. Margot? Um, I'm hoping that we have a chance to make at least passing reference to the biophilic Swansea um, uh, construction project in Swansea. Um, not that many people know about it yet, uh, but they. my understanding is that they're having to use 
the materials that are in the old Woolworths building uh, without um, recourse to new materials, except for where there's an expansion of space. And they're including um, flat level growing as well as vertical growing there. The other example that we've been hearing about is uh, one that's part of the donut economics uh, work in Amsterdam, where the construction industry was one of the first sectors to try and uh, take on the what Marcus talks about retrofitting. And once they made it a bylaw that you know construction um, industry couldn't use new material where there was existing materials to be used and made it a level playing field, then it seemed as though the construction industry was more than willing to get on with that and and use it. So I hope we can bring in some examples from that. Yeah, I would love to explore um, different best practice around retrofitting and converting old buildings into new uses. There does seem to be more energy around repurposing existing structures rather than knocking them down and building new which obviously there's so much embedded carbon isn't there in, in existing buildings um but it's not and without Dawn, challenge and Dawn, i was i was just thinking as Margo was describing that example you know we had a forum recently on behavior change didn't we and some of the the, the science behind behavior change and some of the models where that's been implemented i think what Margo's described in amsterdam is a really interesting model for encouraging behavior change and that's the one where regulation has had a role to play in nudging um, organisations, construction companies towards a different way of thinking. Um, and I think maybe that's something for us to, to have a think about too. Well, we've well, we've come across the repurposing of steel and we in one of our forums. Yeah, yeah. We know that there is a lot of um, repurposing of hard building materials, you know, um, rubbles and, and stone. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, thing that's going to be of interest to me is also, I, I get the feeling that over the last, I don't know, 40 years, the quality of build is not so good. And so one wonders whether or not we're actually giving an old building a lease of life, if we can actually do quite a lot more with our existing buildings and repurpose some of the wonderful buildings that we have in our communities that, you know, give our communities flavour and shape and colour and texture. Uh, <clears throat> so it would, be, it would be good to see, you know, pe people, as you say, Margot, I know that the, the, that the old Woolworths building is of no great loveliness, but there are buildings out there that are yeah. rather lovely. And just to follow up on that, the, the lots of the old stone buildings, um, when they're being retrofitted, there are so many different crafts out there, the, the lime crafts um, and the old techniques, which can be brought back in where new um, industry, where um, new, um, a new economy can actually be created by actually um, embracing some of these crafts, which, are, uh, which have been up until recently um, pretty much dying out. Um, instead of just retrofitting them uh, with, new uh, with uh, more modern techniques and more, uh, more modern uh, methods uh, which aren't quite as sympathetic to um, the old stone um, uh, uh, nature in which they, they were built. Yeah, that's really lovely point that we hadn't thought about is, you know, housing as a driver of community wealth building and like bringing back those 
local skills and local businesses um, to uh, yeah into that housing system and the construction sector. Um, I also would love to get into thinking about co-housing as a solution. You know, we've got this obsession, haven't we, in the UK of, of you know single family housing. Um, but with all the challenges around the affordability of housing, I wonder whether kind of intergenerational solutions and uh, building co-housing communities. I think there are some examples um, starting to happen across Wales. But there, there is the idea that different models of, of how we live, completely rethinking how we live, and rather than us all in our isolated boxes, could we create community housing and community-led housing? I think we've got Claire White joining us from Compass as one of our panellists, and she has been doing a lot of work around community-led solutions for housing. Uh, co-housing is probably one of them. Uh, community land trusts, we talked about ownership and stewardship. What's the role of community land trusts? Is that something that can empower communities to take ownership of land and assets to make affordable housing on a hyper-local level? Uh, so I'd love to explore what's happening in Wales around that. And really, I think it will be a wide ranging discussion like all of our open forums. We go into it thinking we've got a number of questions and we come out um, inspired and energised by lots of different perspectives and different examples of what's happening already across Wales, but also the ideas and perspectives that different people have. Um, so if you're listening to this and you think uh, we've missed something or you think there's more to say on what housing would look like in a well-being economy, then please, uh, I would encourage you to come along to our discussion forum on Thursday, the 11th of May. It's on Zoom from 7pm and you can find all the details on our website, wellbeingeconomy.com. Um, these sessions really are open to everybody. So even if you're not an expert, uh, please come along and join the discussion. We'll have a great panel uh, with more expertise than we have. Uh, but our role really is to ask the questions and uh, provoke the discussion. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there. But thank you for tuning in to our first ever podcast. We're hoping that this might be an opportunity for us to engage with uh, more audiences who haven't got time to come along to our two-hour events and um, who would like to get involved in our movement to make wellbeing economics a real force for good across Wales. Um, we've enjoyed discussing housing and we'll see you again soon as we tackle other topics and subjects that we think are driving the emergence of a wellbeing economy for Wales. Thank you very much. Thank you.